we are able to bring you these weekly podcasts through the financial support of our members and friends. If you are helping to sustain the ongoing work of our church with your regular donations, thank you. If you would like to make a one-time or recurring donation, visit the donate page on our website, ucofh.org, or text 833-610-0867. Thank you for helping to share worship and messages of hope with the wider community during these unprecedented times. Welcome to the United Church of Heinsberg podcast on the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, Proper 7, 2020. We are a community-centered church in rural Vermont, celebrating together virtually during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. As an open and affirming church with ties to the American Baptist, United Methodist, and United Church of Christ denominations, we're glad you're here. I'm Reverend Jared Hamilton, the pastor of UCH. Sammy Anksman has provided music for this episode, including an excerpt from Franz Schubert's Sonata in C Minor. The Gospel reading for this Sunday is a tough one from Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. There will be a short homily and service of morning prayers. Let's get started. Today's reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. In this passage, Jesus continues giving instructions to his disciples before he sends them out to do their own ministries. And Jesus continued, saying, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a servant above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the servant like the master. If they have called the master of the house the devil, how much more will they malign those of his household? So, have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, go tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And the one's foe will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. 
Those who lose their life for my sake will find it.
Last week's reading began Jesus' second long discourse in the Gospel of Matthew, what some scholars call the missionary discourse or the disciples' discourse. The setting is essential. Immediately after the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus and his disciples traverse the Galilean countryside and beyond, proclaiming the good news, healing sick people, helping troubled people, and inviting people to join the cause. At some point, Jesus looks out on another gathered crowd of folks in great need and realizes that he cannot do this work alone. He pulls together his twelve closest followers and tells them that they will be sent out to do more of the same work. The instructions are pretty straightforward. Go, do good wherever you are accepted. Maybe at this point, the disciples expect a moving send-off, something heartfelt and inspirational like Newt Rockne's fabled win-one-for-the-gipper halftime speech or JFK's speech about going to the moon. Instead, they get a dose of reality. A servant is not above his master, was a common idiom during Jesus' day. When I was little, I remember visiting my great my great-grandmother's house in South Georgia and seeing a needlepoint hanging on her wall that said, If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. It's the same message here. If the head of the household suffers, then everybody suffers. Jesus lets the disciples know that they will be treated with the same mixed response that he has been. Sometimes that will mean that they will face violent opposition. At the end of this section, we also have some of the gospel's most difficult words. Jesus says that he has not come to bring peace, but a sword or division, and that his message and actions will cause these divisions. His message will even split families. Within this challenging message, however, there are words of encouragement. Jesus promises that God will be with those who are being sent out to watch over them. Now, this doesn't mean that bad things will not happen uh, to those that are being sent out. Rather, that God will not abandon them when bad things do take place. And we also get a problematic do not be afraid statement from Jesus. Do not fear those that can harm the body, but the one that can destroy the body and the soul in hell. This does sound a little heavy-handed. The language of this passage is pretty intimidating and alien to our 21st century ears. But I think Jesus knows well the way people work. In our reading, we might say that he is making social commentary on how his message will be received, and also about family dynamics and the importance of living a principled life. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus enters a harsh and unrelenting world. After Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, he and his family flee to Egypt to escape King Herod's murder of the region's children. When they return, they settle in Galilee, a rural region away from Jerusalem, so they can go unnoticed. The Roman Empire occupies the land. There are periodic rebellions and violent suppressions during Jesus' formative years. 
Corruption between religious leaders, local governors, tax collectors, and the empire is common enough to be visible to everyone. Most of the population lives in subsistence poverty, and folks are so desperate that they are going out into the wilderness to listen to the rantings of a wild man named John, who openly criticizes government officials and calls on the nation to repent. Jesus' message, an upending and subversive challenge to the status quo, will not be received well everywhere. After all, some are benefiting under the current system, and they hold state power and can call on state force. Others, fearing another violent suppression by Rome, want nothing to do with radical change but to suffer on with no hope or future. To acknowledge the presence of God in every person and place is radical. To work for peace for every living soul, and not just a select few, is confrontational. To heal people the system said were unhealable and dare to touch those society says are untouchable is downright offensive. Oscar Wilde writes that no good deed goes unpunished. Perhaps this is a reality check for those working to make good social change. Families, the place where acceptance, protection, and love should be held up as sacred, are not safe from Jesus' message either. The most difficult and important place to have conversations about social ills is not the public square or cable news, but dinner tables. We've made this all the more difficult on ourselves after generations of keeping a false peace in our families by refusing to talk about religion or politics or anything touchy. The most cringeworthy and painful conversation I've ever had about racism was with a close family member. And many of us have an uncle or cousin posting racist images and statements on social media right now. Their misguided response to the Black Lives Matter movement and protests over systematic racial violence and inequality in America. How are we supposed to love our family members while being principled about love, justice, and equality? Jesus' answer, I guess, was to remember the sparrows. Even sparrows, creatures deemed largely inconsequential by us humans, are constantly on the mind of God. When we worry that we will break a false peace, we need to remember that God is with us. When things go really bad, we can remember that there is no place in this world where God is not. Finally, Jesus warns his disciples about what it might look like to give up the principled life when he talks about the things that can destroy body and soul. Sin makes its own hell and goodness its own heaven, writes Mary Baker Eddy. Dalai Lama once said that sin contains its own judgment and punishment. The early 20th century cartoonist Ken Hubbard might say it best. We are not punished for our sins, but by them. 
When we've come to terms with the importance of a belief, but fail to live out that belief because of some pressure, there is something, part of our very selves, that becomes damaged. Jesus' disciples have seen an alternative way of organizing life. This alternative way positions all people in God's glorious creation in a sacred light. There are, are no there was no one too sick to save, too troubled to help, too hopeless to hear good news and be lifted up. Divine presence, real work, purpose and opportunity, the right to life and dignity, these are all part of what it means to be created by God. To fail to work toward that aim, these aims, hurts ourselves as much as it does others. In recent weeks, a group of knuckleheads has gone from town to town here in Vermont, sticking white supremacist stickers on town halls, rainbow flags, and businesses owned by African Americans and people of color. The rainbow flag at the United Church of Heinsburg was tagged too. These moments are really important. They remind us that some stand against an open and free society where all are treated with dignity and acceptance in our communities. At some point, they were taught to hate, in which case we can only have pity and ask God that they find a better way. Perhaps we can also be reminded that if we genuinely believe in words like equality, love, and respect, and carry the better heritage of our Christian faith in our souls, we will not stop working until our last breath for a better world. This is what Jesus hopes from all of his disciples. May you remember your work as disciples of Jesus. May you have the courage to act during these difficult times. May you do all things in love. Amen. Feel free to join me in saying the prayer of our Savior, followed by a prayer for all of God's creation. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Loving God, we pray for all people. Because of the pandemic, we continue to be away from each other, separated from our communities and loved ones. Comfort us and give us hope as we await a time when we can see each other face to face. Pour out your blessing on us, O Lord and send us your spirit of peace. We pray for the earth, 
Help us to see the scars that mark your good creation and to seek the blessing of life that you offer to all of your creatures. And pour out your blessing, O Lord, and send your spirit of peace. And we pray for all nations. Show us how good and pleasant it is when people live together in unity and anoint us with your wisdom so that we may seek the ways of life. Pour out your blessing, O Lord, and send us your spirit of peace. We pray for the church. Let your church be a living sign of the risen Christ, sharing the gift of forgiveness and the gospel of reconciliation. Pour out your blessing, O Lord, and send us your spirit of peace. We pray for loved ones. There are people and places on our hearts and minds right now. Hear our prayers and petitions during this moment of silence. By the blessing of your Spirit, help us to live as we pray, so that the world may come to know the gift of life in Christ our Lord. Amen. Life is short, and we do not have long to gladden the hearts of those around us. So be quick to love, and do good to your neighbor, and allow God to journey with you all of your days. Go now in peace.